Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. SEO implementation for getting sales. It's hard to get uh, to overcome many popular websites, but you don't need to compete with them. You need to outsmart because generic methods don't work. I'm so excited to discuss more about SEO implementation, about getting sales more than traffic with Brandon Leibovitz. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, big pleasure. Looking forward to learn more about SEO because, you know, I found that it's impossible to stop learning you know we are students on these lives uh, and even when i uh, created the course with plus 20 top mentors uh, like lily ray jeff coyle mike phillips many others olga zar you know i got a lot of new skills you know uh, i felt like uh, okay i'm 10 years on this game but i keep learning and i can't cover a teeny percent of new skills that are coming and i found that many webmasters pay so much attention to get more traffic but you need to pay so much attention to get more sales because once i spoke with webmaster who lost 400,000 traffic because google dropped his ranking positions but he didn't lose any sales. So he got this huge traffic without sales. Brandon, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, uh, and why you pay so much attention to SEO. So yeah, I got started back in 2007, <clears throat> got my degree in business marketing. And the first job I got out of school was helping a company out with their digital marketing. And I was helping out with their SEO, social media, helping out with paid ads, doing email marketing. And it was back in 2007 and I didn't really know much about it. They said, don't worry, we don't know much either. We're gonna take you to classes, workshops, seminars and learn alongside with you. And after working there for a few months, just realized everyone's probably gonna have a website in the future. And everything I mentioned works to get traffic, but SEO is just a way to get free traffic. So over the years, I focused on just tapping into that free traffic from Google, doing search engine optimization at different companies, advertising agencies, as a direct of SEO. And before work or after work and on my lunch breaks, I'd work on my own company and built it up to where I was able to eventually quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since, just helping people get that free traffic. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I love your journey. You know, uh, you know, it's interesting that 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. You know, yeah. It's data and uh, you quit your job in some time. Uh, I did it the same, uh, you know, in 2006. Yeah, uh, I uh, graduated with financial education, uh, worked in three commercial banks. Then uh, I quit uh, to launch my uh, financial company. That worked well for some time. I increased my revenue in 30 times for six months. Yeah, that was a good time, but the world crisis destroyed this company <laughs> completely. <laughs> so, but anyway, I got experience how to go ahead. And, you know, uh, I want to ask about uh, how to quit because 70% of people are unhappy with their jobs. Yeah. And uh, when I spoke with some of them, many uh, can share, you know, they need to pay bills. Bills, how to avoid bills, you know, if you quit, it doesn't mean that you can get overnight success. It takes time. Uh, you, they need to feed families, kids. So any insights 
how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, so mine, I worked full time doing SEO and then on my lunch break or before work or after work, I'd pick up a client here or there and built it up and built it up over the years where after doing it for about like eight, nine years, I was like, I'm making more than I'm making at these advertising agencies as director of SEO. Why should I keep working here? But I didn't just jump ship right away because I could have done that, but I was happy to get a job out of school when I got graduated, got my degree in business marketing and happy to have a full-time job where I could also get some freelance clients here, there, and it's happy to get one or two extra clients, make a little bit extra money. But after doing that for a while, I was like, maybe I should really focus on this. And once I really focused, then within about like three years, I was able to build it up to a level that I was able to quit my job. But just, I mean, you could just jump ship right away, but that's where it gets risky and you never know what's going to happen. Like the pandemic happened and I lost over half my clients because a lot of my clients were local businesses. So if I just jumped ship right away and that happened, I probably would have been in trouble. But since I built it up over the years and had a foundation of reviews and testimonials and clients and word of mouth and a lot of content out there that I was able to sustain and not be too heavily impacted. But I would just say, just build it up. Don't take that leap of faith unless you're really confident and you don't have anything to worry about if it fails. But if you have family or you support people, then slow natural growth is the way to go to have that stability. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, I want to uh, talk about SEO optimizers. Uh, you know, I open LinkedIn profile uh, of your company and I, uh, I see this message. Increase your organic free website traffic using search engine optimization strategies that work. Let's talk about that because, you know, webmasters often use uh, uh, generic strategies or uh, obsolete strategies. I don't know. Uh, the last time it's hard to find when someone uh, can tell PBN works uh, or uh, any other obsolete techniques can work. But uh, anyway, uh, can you tell uh, how uh, webmasters can divide uh, strategies between these strategies work, these don't. Any insights about that? Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, stuff that works is just adding more text to your website. Google and search engines feed off text. They can't really read images or videos or audio yet, but they're getting closer, but they really lie heavily on text. The more content you have, the better off you're going to be. And this feeds to be on every page on your website. The more pages you have, the more keywords you can target as well because each page can only target about three to five words. After that, it kind of loses relevancy. So the more pages you have, the more keywords you can target, and then making sure you add content to each page. It's going to help the search engines read, understand, and know what that page is about. The more text you're able to add, the better. And I know nowadays there's lots of ways to generate text. You could use ChatGPT and other tools to create that content. But in the past, Google said, don't use those tools. A couple months ago, they said it's okay if you use them as long as the content <laughs> offers value. So I'm going to just copy it verbatim, but I would use it as like a, a guidance, like an outline to help you create that content, get you ideas, get you topics, and get you flowing. And then use that to help you just increase that content on every single page because that alone will increase everyone's traffic without having to get technical and go in the coding to fix like a title tag or schema and meta descriptions where it gets a little technical, but text alone on every single page will definitely have a nice increase in your traffic. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's talk about AI. You mentioned about ChatGPT. Uh, I have my tool uh, that can help to generate text for all website pages because, you know, uh, I analyzed existing tools, Jasper, CopyAI, many others, uh, ChatGPT, and got it that you need to add, uh, uh, I mean, like to ask about uh, what kind of text you want to get. Uh, uh, but we created the tool where you don't need to do it. You just need to add your website. Uh, the tool analyzes your title descriptions and can create better versions of meta tags, uh, better uh, text. Uh, so everything what you need to do just to uh, add, uh, edit uh, this text. I mean, like to add more data, uh, fresh insights. And uh, can you tell about AI? Because, you know, I found when webmasters overuse AI, no, uh, they think that uh, AI is a golden button. You know, even on my tool, you know, I have uh, this golden button, but guys, it's not golden button. <laughs> it's only uh, a big help. But uh, can you tell how to find the balance between overusing and using that can help to save time uh, and improve quality? Yeah, any tool that helps save time is going to be good. So anything to help become more efficient, automate a lot of the stuff that's just tedious, repetitive tasks, it's going to be good. But you just got to think Google doesn't want you to manipulate the search engines, the results. They want you to work to get it. So anything where it's too good or too easy sometimes is, but that's where these are tools. Don't just use them verbatim, but use them as a guidance, a starting point to help you along the way because... There's no magic button, unfortunately. Even if there was, tomorrow it's going to change. The next day it changes because Google changes their algorithm every single day. So what matters is just trying to do better than your competitors, trying to figure out what every competitor has done, how much SEO have they done, how can I analyze, study, see what they're doing, and then incorporate what's working into my own website and avoid what's not working. But that's going to really be the best is do that competitive analysis, look at what content, what keywords, how much text they're using on each page, and that's going to let you know what needs to be done for your website. But AI, anything to help out is going to be good. Just don't copy it verbatim. Don't think it's going to be that one stop solution where if it was, everyone would be millionaire, trillionaires. We'd all be rich, but <laughs> it's not that yeah. easy. Just adding keywords and text. Also, it doesn't matter to Google because Google just doesn't trust anybody. So adding content, adding text, optimizing your website without getting Google to trust you. It's not really going to get any rankings. You have to get Google to trust you through what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites mm -hmm. that talk about you, the more trust Google is going to give to you. And then they look at those keywords and the on-page optimizations that you've done. So if you're just focusing only on on-page and you're not working on building that trust up, you're not going to get those rankings. It's like a puzzle with SEO. You want to put all the pieces together. Some pieces are a lot bigger than others, but you got to put all those pieces together to get Google to trust you and show you for the correct keywords. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, you know, you mentioned about trust. Uh, uh, you know, in our course, SEO course, we filmed videos with many great ex experts, uh, including Lily Ray, because she uh, shares uh, her EEAT uh, list, you know, expertise, experience, authority, trust, uh, checklist. You know, by the way, I didn't, you, you, you can find at any place, uh, but uh, she role for our course i don't want to say how much i pay him but it doesn't matter you know <laughs> i have in our course this checklist uh and uh, can you tell uh how to measure trust 
feeling uh, or uh, any other uh, similar parameters like authority or EEAT parameter. Uh, for example, because, you know, uh, tools can measure like uh, keyword difficulty. We can analyze metrics like cost per click, many others. But what about EEAT? How to measure this number? Oh, you're on, on mute. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah that that's okay. number is... Tough to measure the expertise, experience, authoritativeness, trust of a website because Google doesn't really show you that anymore. They used to show you page rank, which would show you what that number was. But nowadays they took that away. And now there's all these third-party tools that are guessing, but they're not really accurate. So like domain authority, page authority, trust flow, citation flow, all these metrics that these third-party tools are using are okay to look at. But just got to take everything with a grain of salt because it's not Google. It's not telling you really what's going on behind the scenes. But to build that expert, that EEAT, he's got to get your name out there. So putting your name out there, becoming that industry leader where, like myself, I'll blog on my own website. But if I can start getting other websites to publish me as an author, that builds up that trust and experience, shows I'm knowledgeable. And the more sites that you're doing it, the longer you've done it for, the more authoritative Google's going to see you as that figure that is actually knowledgeable in that topic. But because Google is a, doesn't just want to rank any website. The EAT really came out for health-related websites where Google's like, we don't want people just going to these health sites and then getting incorrect information. So we want to make sure that whoever is writing this content about health, wellness, and about money, that they actually know what they're talking about. So you're not just getting ripped off by scams. And that's really where it came into play. Now it's kind of part of all the, the whole algorithm for any website where Google wants to see that you are knowledgeable, that you're authoritative figure that you're out there, you're not just posting on your website, but other people are talking about you and other thought leaders in your industry are talking about you. And that's going to really help move the needle and get Google to trust you more. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, uh, can you tell how to create the right strategy? You, you know, because, you know, uh, I see when webmasters open SEMrush, IHRFs, um, any other tool, Uber suggests most, uh, Majestic, a lot of tools, uh, Serpstat, and they see high volume, you know, wow, high volume, I can get this traffic, I can get all the sales, but it doesn't mean you can get sales even if you rank these keywords. It's hard, for example, uh, for me, even for many other companies, it's hard to get SEO traffic with the keyword SEO, because uh, IHREFs, MOS, uh, including Google, uh, rank with this keyword, but even if you find the way to rank this keyword, it doesn't mean that you can convert because if you sell SEO services, uh, probably it's not your keyword. And can you tell how to find the right keywords? Uh, I mean, like to analyze competition, uh, relate to your resources, because if you have limited resources, why you need to chase high volume keywords and, uh, connect to your buyer journey because you know even if you get traffic it doesn't mean you can sell with these keywords any insights about that i know getting traffic is just half the battle because once they get to your website how do you get them to buy yeah. and half the people are going to hit that back button that bounce rate and you're just going to lose a lot of traffic so you got pretty much make sure your website's optimized for people and for search engines for search engines that way you get that traffic and then for people that way once they get to your website they actually convert into 
uh, sale, lead, phone call, fill out a form, whatever that goal is. But that's right. Yeah, make sure that your website has all the printed information at the top. So whatever you see on the screen, that's above the fold. Once you start scrolling, that's below the fold. And the majority of people will never scroll down or swipe down on the website. So if you don't have all your printed information at the top, like a value proposition, letting people know what's in it for me, maybe a couple bullet points or a video, and then having your call to action all above the fold is going to help out a lot because majority of people don't scroll. So if they have to start scrolling to see what your information has, you already lost over half your visitors. So having all that information right there above the fold is really, really important. And then try to keep yourself top of mind also. So you can run some ads to follow people around. You could try to collect email addresses. So you could do email campaigns and just do whatever you need to do to try to have multiple touch points because people aren't just going to go to your website and buy immediately. Sometimes they will, but the majority of people need multiple touch points for you to build that trust up to let them know that you are trustworthy, credible. So kind of like the eat for people and then EEAT for Google. That way you get the balance mm -hmm. where Google trusts you and then people will trust you to buy because getting people to buy off your website is not easy. You could be spending all this money. I mean, you could just go and do Google ads, pay Google a thousand dollars a day to get you a couple hundred people to your website, but still that doesn't mean they're going to convert either. Even if it's really targeted traffic that are all based on your keywords, that doesn't guarantee it. So that's where you just got to figure out who really your audience is, how to convey that message in a proper way that resonates with them, that connects with them, that makes them want to learn more about your services or your product. And that's not an easy thing, but that's where sometimes you just got to take a step back, pretend you were looking for your product or service. What would you be looking for? What benefits, what type of content would you be looking for? Are you going to be looking at pricing, reviews? What is it? And that's going to help you build that site out. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, uh, you know, I want to ask some pain points that my clients have, that my audience uh, has. Uh, I found that uh, the biggest struggle today is to find uh, a responsible copywriter. And uh, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. I, uh, I could uh, give them topics, weight loss, finance. You know, they, they wrote anything, you know, Google rank. Everything looked great, but Google changed the game many times. And today you can't cooperate with people who don't know the topic. Uh, it's better to cooperate with experts who write about one specific topic, but it's a real struggle to find them. You know, it's not like, uh, okay, uh, I want to hire experts, but uh, uh, we need to find them. Any tips how to do it right? <laughs> That's where if... So I work with clients and if I can get the clients to write the content, that's going to help out. And then I'll go in and optimize it, put the keywords in the correct places, but it is tough to find subject matter experts that are knowledgeable or writers that are knowledgeable in multiple topics. So sometimes they just focus on a couple areas, but you really need someone that knows the ins and outs, the interesting slang term and a much deeper understanding of these topics. And you can't always get that with just generic writers. You have to find people, especially for like health, wellness, especially like finance type of keywords, they need to be experts in that field because Google just doesn't want the wrong information being put out there and people get ripped off or scammed and Google doesn't want to have to deal with that. So it is not easy, but you just have to just start networking, maybe post on like different groups or directly reach out to people that you see, maybe on Twitter, you can message people and 
try to build that relationship and see if they would potentially help you out with some content and you could hire them to become a writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I uh, used many different uh, resources to search writers on Upwork, even Fiverr, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and I found that the best writers uh, have proven record. And I don't know, I can't find them on Upwork. Probably someone can or, or uh, similar resources, but I usually reach out to them. Uh, now, if I see bloggers who write about my topic uh, and have organic reach, I mean like traffic uh, by using uh, by analyzing HRS or similar tools, I understand, oh, uh, this writer can write great text. So I reach out to them. It takes time. You know, yeah, I usually reach out to 100 people, uh, get replies like uh, from two, three people. Uh, but it's enough, you know, sometimes it's enough to have only one, two people who can uh, write text then, uh, you know, uh, hiring, I, I don't know, like to find 10 people who uh, write mediocre text. Even today, I, I can replace all of them. You don't need to uh, cooperate with people who write generic text because AI can do this job much better. <laughs> just uh, for a few seconds, you don't need to manage, organize, just uh, ask. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, link building. You know, it's interesting that I know some projects that uh, don't use link building but have a million traffic, a lot of traffic. And I found they usually create link-worthy content and they have benchmark, uh, I mean, like uh, authority. Uh, can you tell how to find to or figure out, you know, uh, do I need link building or not? Usually you need some link building because if you put out really good content, people might not find it. So you have to kind of initiate that usually to start it going. But once you're a bigger site, like if you have a lot of traffic coming to your website, then don't necessarily need to build backlinks. But if you're a small, medium-sized website, it helps to start moving the needle, getting people aware of you and trying to build that traction up. Because if you're just sitting around waiting, eventually people will find you. But if you start building links and doing some outreach yourself, it's going to speed things up. So definitely create good content that's link worthy, but that doesn't always guarantee that people are going to find it or link to you. So you do have to give that nudge and give that initial pu push because I've seen everyone does that. Like even Ahrefs reached out to me maybe like eight years ago to ask for me for to write about them in my blog and give them a backlink. So everyone has to do it initially, but once you get to level that you're pretty much established, you don't necessarily need to do that. So yeah, see, where are you? How big are you? Does Google trust my content? Or if not, then I need to initiate it and build some backlinks to get that trust going. But if you already have that trust enabled into your website that Google looks at you as an authoritative figure, then you don't necessarily need to build backlinks all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, we, we can measure authority and decide. Do we need link building or not? Okay, uh, but uh, how to choose the right link building uh, technique, campaign, uh, name them? Because, you know, uh, if we uh, don't talk about black hat SEO, uh, about white hat, you know, we have uh, many different techniques. But uh, how you choose uh, link building techniques that you are going to use to a specific project? Well, the best is look at your competitors. See so who's on that first page of Google for your mm -hmm. keywords and look at their backlinks and then go after the ones that are quality. So what is a quality backlink? A quality backlink is a website that's related to what you're doing. 
and authoritativeness. So relevancy and authoritativeness are what I look for, making sure that if I'm looking at my competitors and they're getting backlinks from all these sites that aren't related to what they're doing, they're in other languages, I'm gonna skip those over, but I'm just gonna look for the quality sites. So going after your competitors' quality sites that are looking after them should help you get some initial boost, but it's gonna be tough. A lot of these sites are gonna be old or outdated or you're not just gonna be able to reach out to them. So you have to start building new ones. And the way to build new ones is by finding sites that are related to what you're doing. So finding relevant, relevant websites. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. One way is you could essentially start blogging on other people's websites. So you could find targeted websites that are related to what you're doing and try to build a relationship with the webmaster or editor, not just spamming people, but trying to really build a real relationship, providing value. That's going to help you get on niche related sites. You could do sponsored events. You could, if you're a local business, you probably want to get in like your local chamber of commerce and have a local strategy, but it all depends on what type of business you are and really how many backlinks do you have versus your competitors and how do you feel that disconnect with quality ones and really quality means relevant and authoritative sites, not just random sites, but targeted sites that are real websites, no fake PBNs or anything like that. Building real relationships with real websites is the safest way to do it because there's a lot of ways to game the system, but those are all short lived and they're not going to last long. And if you do game the system, eventually Google's going to find out or one of your competitors are going to see and out you to Google and your rankings are just going to drop. So focus on quality, not quantity. And in the long term, it's going to pay off much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's not a good time to game the system. We had this time, but Google is smart. Now <laughs> Google has resources to figure out uh, your manipulation and uh, the best experts, uh, projects, they, I mean, like brands, they never game the system. Why they need to do it? They uh, now uh, usually create strong brand recognition uh, and uh, yeah, consider SEO. Uh, Brandon, I'm interested about uh, your strong side. For example, you know, uh, when I uh, cooperate with many SEO experts who uh, film great videos for my courses, I got it. Uh, I'm, you know, they're much better than me. You know, Olga Zarv is better in technical optimization. Patrick Ward is better uh, by sharing techniques how to earn links by using Haro, help of reporters out. Uh, Lily Ray is much, much better than me in EEAT. Uh, but, you know, I found when you cooperate with the best, you can get the best results. So, Brendan, Tell our audience your strong side. Why you are better than others? I would say building backlinks is one of my strong points is finding good quality sites that are relevant and weeding through the irrelevant sites and building relationships with other webmasters and trying to get you on real quality sites because that's such a big part of it is making sure that these sites are real, they're valuable because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, it's actually going to do more harm than good. So you have to be careful with the backlinks and tread lightly and make sure that you're actually getting on quality sites that are going to be worthwhile and relevant, that Google's going to find these sites, they're going to index them, cache them, and show them in the search results. So, and hopefully that you're going to get some traffic off of these pages as well, but really focusing on the quality, not the quantity, but those backlinks and just making sure that we build a good, strong backlink profile so Google starts giving you some more trust. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you tell about your loving tools that you use for outreach and uh, uh, how you find uh, domains uh, where you or URLs where you are going to submit your link? 
Well, yeah, they have like tools to scrape around and crawl the internet mm-hmm. and then just kind of targeting, well, opening up a big list initially and then using well, tools to find these targeted sites that I want to potentially reach out to, then using other tools, well, using like Scrapebox to scrape the internet and then using other tools to check the domain authority, page authority, Alexa, citations, flow of trust flow, all these third-party metrics to find ones that have at least some metrics, some traffic, and then from there, pulling those sites to see which ones seem the most relevant and then looking to see if they're targeted, building that relationship using tools to like find their contact information or just directly reaching out on their forms and just trying to be selective, not just trying to go after everybody, but trying to pick and choose the ones that look targeted and look relevant. And then just trying to engage with them, not spam them, but just message them once if they don't respond, send a follow-up a couple of weeks later. And other than that, just kind of let it go. Maybe try to reach out to them on LinkedIn or Twitter or some social ways to link it, reach out because sometimes they'll, they don't check emails, but they'll check social media messages. And you want to try to have as many touch points as possible because you never know. Like sometimes an email or address on the website isn't going to work anymore. It's not going to be checked by anybody. It's outdated or these contact forms, you can fill them out. And sometimes these forms don't get submitted to people that are checking their inboxes because I've worked with lots of clients that are just like, nobody's contacting me. And then we check their forms and nobody gets those contact form submissions. So it just kind of disappears in the air. So I realized you just got to try to reach out as many ways as possible, but just build those relationships with quality, not spammy way, because you got to think how many people get spammed with these emails every single day. I get spammed with 20 or 30 of them every single day and just deleting them. But if it's offering value, if it's from someone that's reputable and an industry thought leader, then I'm a little bit more receptive to checking them out and seeing what they have to (laughs) offer. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know, I get uh, a lot of emails every single day. Uh, yeah, they selling guest posting, other do follow links, you know, <laughs> many different techniques. And I usually uh, lead all of them to the best place, spam inbox where they can spend time together. It takes t- time, you know, to clean my email. Uh, and uh, I'm interested about Scrapebox. You mentioned about this tool. Uh, I use this tool. Uh, I don't remember how many years ago, like five years ago, I used this tool. Uh, today, I don't. But can you tell why you use Scrapebox that takes time to find these links? Uh, then using, I mean, like uh, SEMrush or Ahrefs that have all these links in their base. So you don't need to uh, wait you now for getting results. Uh, why Scrapebox? No, I use both. I use Ahrefs, Site mm-hmm. Explorer, and Scrapebox. So I use just a bunch of different tools to try to just get as many different sites as possible that seem good and then qualify those sites. So I'm just using a bunch of different resources to pull all that data into Scrapebox. We'll get sites that Ahrefs or SEMrush won't pick up and vice versa. So just want to use both and you can do advanced search operators in there and you get a little bit more control, a little bit more granular. You don't get all the SEO details like rankings and traffic, but you can get much more granular with your advanced search operators that you're putting into Scrapebox to pull that data out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, let's talk about mistakes. You know, uh, I did a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them now, uh, uh, but I can learn 
from mistakes and uh, in SEO we experiment. I think everyone starts with basic, uh, with generic strategies, then adapt uh, to uh, some unique strategies, uh, uh, to uh, different, uh, uh, that can help to different preferences. So can you tell what kind of mistakes uh, webmasters still do and your tips how to find a much better way? Yeah, let's say people aren't, well, the backlinks is a big one. People aren't really building backlinks or they're buying them off Fiverr and then they're getting all these backlinks from other countries. And I always tell people it's quality, not quantity. One or two good backlinks is going to surpass a hundred of these low quality backlinks and just making sure that people understand why backlinks are important, but also understanding if they're built the wrong type of backlinks, it's going to do more harm than good. And they have to be careful with those and not just build any backlinks. But also like the on-page SEO, like a lot of people will just have one page website where it's like parallax, where it's just like one long page, which looks nice aesthetically. But for SEO, you want to have more pages, the more pages, the more keywords you can target, the more keywords you can focus on. So always telling people just try to build as many pages out as possible that are relevant. Don't just add pages to add them, but try to break out pages for all the different services that you offer, if you're a service-based business or if you're selling e-commerce looking at all the ways you can categorize them. So finding ways to structure that website in a hierarchy that makes sense. It's easy for Google to navigate, but also easy for people to navigate so they can find those products and services. But I mean, yeah, that's probably a big one is not breaking up their website and getting really granular with it because that's SEO, it's all about relevancy. And if you just have a page listing out all your services, it's going to be tough because Google's going to say like, if some, like if you're a dentist and you just say, all right, here's what I offer. I have, a page that lists out all the services. I do teeth whitening, I do teeth cleaning, all these things. If someone searches for teeth whitening. If you just mention it one time on that service page or once or twice, that's not enough for Google to really think that you're the most relevant. But if you have a page all about teeth whitening with a bunch of content in there, that's going to help Google think that, all right, someone's searching for teeth whitening. This page is all about teeth whitening. This is probably what they're looking for. So just trying to get granular and taking a step back and trying to think like, you're using looking at your product or services on the website what would you want to see how would you want to navigate through it and just make it easy to navigate through mm -hmm. yeah awesome awesome once i got request you know from a webmaster who told me uh you know he bought like a million links on fiverr and uh, but results didn't came for a few years and i was curious oh please send me this website i want to see a website with a million links from fiverr you know yeah that's completely nonsense you know i my my tip was uh, change domain <laughs> you can't disavow all these links it's impossible to do it it's better to forget about this domain and uh brendan um i'm interested about uh your experience you know uh, I, I found that uh, i usually get much better results with clients who understand seo so if they understand how seo works why google ranks we uh, can cooperate like a cohesive team because seos are not magicians we have no secrets but we can do something better than competitors yeah we can uh, use generic strategies uh, adapt them uh, and get much better results. Uh, uh, but I found uh, webmasters, when they understand, we can cooperate together. We can get this traffic sales. So uh, let's imagine you started from scratch today without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? Definitely read up in blogs and 
forums and join Facebook groups and just try to learn as much, read as much, listen to as many podcasts, but then take action because most people don't take action and just listen and read, but trying and seeing what works, what doesn't work, because you never know what people say online, what people put out there might not necessarily work or might've worked in the past, but doesn't work in the future because SEO and digital constantly change. So just trying things out, testing things out. It's going to be the best, but just trying to learn and read as much as you can. Read Google search essentials, read all the different things that being put out there by Google, but just take everything with a grain of salt, just knowing they're not going to tell you everything that works, but it's always good to see what they're looking for, or understand what they, what you think that they're looking for, and then just talk to other webmasters, other people doing mm-hmm. SEO. And that's really where you're going to be able to learn and see what's working for them, what's not working and how to incorporate what's working into your own websites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's not like to learn everything uh, you mentioned about you need to practice <laughs> because, you know, uh, for example, uh, you can read a hundred books how to play soccer. But if you don't play soccer, <laughs> you know, I don't know how you can beat Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, even medium level soccer players who prefer to kick the ball 10,000 times a day. Then to read 100 books how to play soccer, you know. Yeah, it's the same with ACO. You need to do something, then learn. Because we have short uh, memory. Uh, people usually forget for a few days about new skills. I can forget for a few hours. Just tell me I can forget so fast. But uh, I found like how Bill Gates... Uh, uh, okay, I didn't phone. He shares that. <laughs> he uh, uh, usually reads books and making notes. So, uh, because he knows that he can forget about valuable insights fast, but he makes notes. Um, another way, like Elon Musk, he tweets because uh, he can share with the audience and uh, memorize all of that. But uh, in the end, all great entrepreneurs, they act, they practice. That's why they get great results. And Brandon, my final question about the future. Can you forecast the future? Because we have today AI bots, you know, these chatbots that uh, probably will replace SEO. And uh, I see when people still are talking SEO is that chatbots will replace SEO. Uh, uh, augmented reality or uh, metaverse will replace SEO. Your uh, prediction about the future. Yeah, I wish I had that crystal ball and could see really what's going to happen, but who knows? Because it changes so quickly nowadays that it's kind of insane how fast and everything moves. But for the most part, I don't see SEO going anywhere anytime soon. But if people stop searching, then it's definitely going to change. But for now, there's still searches. People are searching on Google, on Amazon, on Yelp, TripAdvisor. So SEO is not just for Google. It's for anywhere that you can search and people are searching on chat GPT different. So we're, we're like talking to it. So we'll have to see how that, it, what happens with that in the future. But I don't feel like it's going to affect like e-commerce. You can't just go on chat GPT and buy products. So we'll have to see what happens in the future if they start incorporating that, like Google shopping and all that. But for now, it's really up in the air. We'll have to see what's going to happen. But I think it's safe for a while. Ever since I started doing SEO back in 2007, people were like, SEO is dying. SEO is dead. So used to hearing that, but we'll have to see what could take it over. But for now, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you have this crystal ball that Brandon 
doesn't have, I don't have, but if you have it, it's better to buy a lottery ticket, you know. <laughs> Simple way to get a billion dollars, you know, you don't need to see. But we have no crystal balls, so uh, it's better to uh, consider new trends, go ahead, to act, practice, do something. And don't worry if SEO will be dead. If SEO will be dead, you know, you have experience to uh, create high-quality content. SEO is not only about ranking positions. It's how to increase size speed, how to earn authority because uh, links, it's not only for ranking. It's uh, for getting traffic, you know, for creating brand awareness. Uh, High-quality content works for all channels. SEO teaches many things that are related to digital marketing. It's not only SEO. Uh, Brandon, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you. Yeah, so the best way is, well, I actually create a special gift for everybody if they go to my website at seooptimizers.com. That's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. And I can find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years I've thrown up for free so they can watch and see step-by-step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about and also if they want to book some time on my calendar for a free website consultation happy to check out their website from an seo point of view and let them know what's working what's not working and they could book some time on my calendar for free there as well nice nice wow great opportunity guys you can find the links uh to the uh, brandon website in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for your time big pleasure love all your valuable insights Guys, you need to follow Brandon on LinkedIn. Uh, Open his website because you can see a lot of value. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.